0: You must listen to this entire message before entering a selection. To accept this call, press buy. To refuse this call, hang out now. To block this call and all future calls, press none. You may enter a selection now. Hello, everyone. Welcome into our podcast. Uh, my name is Andrea. I'm Savannah. Savannah my co-hosts, we're co-hosts, um, and welcome to to Accept This Call.
1: Our very first episode.
0: Yeah, so it's probably going to be a little rough and a little crazy, but we'll get through it together.
1: Yeah, how excited are you, Andrea, to just finally be here? It wasn't even a long time coming. It was like, we're like, we're going to do it, and then here we are, we're doing it now. Here we are, we're
0: doing it, like what, three days later?
1: I would say, we were on the ball.
0: Yeah, we are just like, let's do it.
1: The reason that we wanted to start this podcast, too, is just um, we met through our boyfriends who are actually roommates incarcerated at the same facility, and uh, we we just been communicating a lot. We didn't know each other prior to that mm-hmm. at all, uh, and now we're just like, let's do it. Let's share our stories. Let's talk about what it's like to love somebody that's incarcerated, and let's just, it can be therapeutic for us, too. We both kind of decided, yeah. Absolutely. We, we got to get it out there. <laughs>
0: And it's great, too, because you're a newbie in incarcerated relationships. And I mean, I've been there, obviously, Um, me and Benjamin have been, you know, together for a little, almost going on like four and a half years. So it's going to be refreshing for me, too, to like hear your stories and your insights of like starting out especially like compared to mine and then I'm excited to like give you what advice I do know and do have like you know to
1: carry on the relationship so it's gonna be cool okay the question that I get all the time I don't know if you get it all the time is how'd you guys meet so if you want to start you can definitely talk about how you and Ben got together
0: yeah so people ask me that too because it's such a weird thing especially since I live in Colorado and he's in Iowa and so people are just like but not only are you doing long this distance but it's someone incarcerated you know on top of it and um so I've known Ben since we were probably like 12 or 13 um like we go to different schools together that's what he says because we there is like three middle schools in our hometown and he went to a different middle school than I did but we all had like dances together and you know like sports and everything like that. Um, We would knew each other from like the pool and stuff and um, he was just like one of my best guy friends growing up. He would ride his bike over to my house. My mom always loved when he showed up because he was always like hi Miss Pam." Of course we graduated together and that was pretty much the time we lost touch because it wasn't too long after high school that he you know, went to prison, so.
1: Sure, and then when yeah. did you guys, like, so you guys are the same age then, right? Do I, that's yep. okay. Yep. we're
0: the same age, so then I moved out here to Colorado about five years ago, and one day, his mom messaged me on Facebook, and was like, Ben wants to know if he can have your number, and I was like, oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. I would think about him a lot through, like, those years, and he never believes me, but We used to, um, I used to work for a blood center in Iowa, and we would go, because he used to be at a different prison um, that was closer to my hometown, and we used to do blood drives there for, like, the correctional officers and staff and everything, and I always just remember going there, and I'm like, oh my god, I would just love to see him, even if it was just, like, through a window, or, you know, something to, like, reintroduce me back into his life like don't forget about me type thing and I tell him that and he's like, whatever and I'm like no, it's true but um so yeah, he called me one day on my lunch break and then I remember him being like so uh when can I call you back? and I was like, literally anytime <laughs> like I it was like just so ecstatic to hear from him and then I think in probably the four and a half years there's maybe only been... 10 days or so that we haven't, like, gone without, like, communication. So we talk frequently. Oh, my God. I know.
1: So cute. Yes. It's Like, meant to be because it's, like, what a situation to get yourself into um, for him and then still be able to connect. It's, like, obviously something went right in the universe for you guys to match your past. Exactly. Again, you know? Yeah.
0: And I had the biggest crush on him in, you know, throughout middle school and stuff. And when a lot of my friends, like, found out. After I posted, you know, the petition and everything, like one friend reached out, she was like, You have always had the biggest crush on him. She's like, I am so happy for you. <laughs> it's really crazy. And then there's there. just like little stories throughout, like growing up that I'm just like, Wow, I can't believe life led me back to you. You know what I mean? It's crazy. You're gonna make me cry first.
1: Episode, <laughs> me cry. Jeez. <laughs> that's sweet. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jake and I definitely, you already know this, obviously, have a very different story, which is so cool, too, that we're, like you said, like, we're able to have such different experiences, and everyone can kind of hear both sides of it. Um, Jake and I, he's four years older than me, and we met, actually, through, like, a mutual friend. To be honest, it was his ex-girlfriend. Like, let's get (laughs) out of the way. Like, his ex-girlfriend, I knew her, and then I would see their relationship kind of broadcasted everywhere, and I... You know, thought of them as like a unit, and then when they broke up, I—it was around the holiday time that I reached out to him. They'd broken out a couple—they'd broken up a couple months earlier, and I already had like an Omail account set up. Um, And so I just wanted to get rid of my quarters. I always tell them that. I was like, I just wanted to get rid of my quarters. So I reached out to you. What (laughs) a way. And so I reached out and I was like, hey, I know you don't know me, but like happy holidays. Gotta get rid of my
0: quarters. So what's up? (laughs) I
1: was like, I guess it has to be you. I was like, I know that the holidays are super tough, like especially when you're incarcerated, you know? So I was like, just want to let you know, like, hope you're doing good. I saw your petition online, like hope you, because Jake is actually... Um, has a commutation on file at the board of parole, so I yes. saw that, signed the petition. Like, was really interested in just like hearing his story and stuff. And then he, we just kind of like kept in contact. And then I started to know him, and then I started to love him. So it's kind of hard not to once you know him. I feel like. Yes. But that's just my opinion. Absolutely. So, yeah, we've only been together for like six months as compared to Andrea's lifetime, but. Those,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean. I would say like especially within the first year like six months to a year that's like the hardest because you're getting to know each other you're getting to know the people you know like for Ben it was like getting to know the people that I'm associated with and my friends and getting to know them even though like a lot of them didn't know about him, which is like a whole different subject. But I think it was really important for him during that time to like, know my friends, you know, my family get established. And I mean, it was hard. It's not like they can physically meet him.
1: Yeah. So I never actually even thought about that side of it either. It's like, your family knows him and they know of him, they know your love for him. But like, he can't, I mean, they're not on his visiting list, right? Like they can't just and visit him with you. When Jake
0: first called you because they have to call us, we can't call them. So that's a big like communication barrier there. You know, like if a call drops or your phone dies, it's not like, oh, plug it back in and just dial them up or text them. You know, it's like you got to wait for them to call back and so how did your do you remember the first conversation with jake do you remember how it
1: went it feels like it was like 800 years ago to be honest yeah. like it feels so long ago and it wasn't that long ago i remember that i asked him to call me because i was like i want to hear what you're about like we'd only been communicating through mail. so i was like um let's see let's see what you're up to because i was so and i think that this comes with like every relationship and that's important to keep in mind i think when people ask you about your relationship with someone incarcerated, they ask questions that I'm like, well, how do you do that? You know what I mean? They're like, how do you keep the relationship alive? I'm like, how do you do it? Obstacles. But I mean, it's still a relationship. You still face a lot of the same issues and things that you would if we were like face-to-face in a traditional relationship. To answer your question though, I don't, I don't really remember. I remember I was so nervous and I was giddy and like, I was super guarded though, you know, just because it's like a new situation, any new relationship, your walls are kind of up. You're not yeah. really like, I'm not about to and to you. throw
0: in like a bad boy on top of it. It's just like, what, what do you ex- like, what should you expect?
1: yeah like is he trying to play me or is he throwing jail talk at me which is like yeah. a bingo term that i didn't even know is he gonna dog <laughs> me i've learned so much <laughs> um, but, like i was just nervous and then like more frequently i would like he'd just start to call me and then one day it just turned into like five times a day we talk i was like yeah. hey, call me at seven o'clock in the morning to wake me up and he's like no i said oh okay he doesn't like to wake up early but don't i got away okay. don't worry <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's what I remember from the first call um but other than that like it's communication in general I feel like is a huge boundary because maybe you can I mean obviously you can talk about this more too but for a long time like our guys had late night phone calls that I know about but yeah. I, I never got to experience that oh yeah yeah
0: that was sometimes a hassle it was <laughs> especially with Benjamin like sometimes. I would go to bed, and they could, like, call throughout the night, so, like, sometimes I would just get a call at, like, three o'clock in the morning, and he would just be, like, I'm bored, or I was thinking about you, or I just want to make sure you're safe. Yeah, it was kind of a blessing and a curse, because it was, like, sometimes I would, you know, if I went out or something, I'm, like, all right, I'm out with the girlfriends, you could call me at 1 a.m., you know, that's cool, I'll be home, but other times it was, like, I am sleeping. Why are you calling me? Leave
1: me alone. You know that. Yeah. Leave me Yeah. For me and Jake, we would talk like five times a day. We usually have like a set schedule because I feel like one of the assumptions that people make about people that are incarcerated are that they don't really have a schedule to follow. They don't have a life. They don't have a job, you know, but there are so many ways that our guys are involved. I feel like in prison, at least for Jake ways like he has a job. I know Ben's had, like, Ben has a job, and Jake's involved in sports. He's involved in volunteer activity. So, it's, like, he definitely has a schedule, and he definitely has responsibilities while still incarcerated. So, we were talking, like, five times a day. We kind of had to limit ourselves, because I was getting a little too
0: <laughs> busy. I'm not going to lie. I was going to look Yeah, busy. there was times in the beginning where I was, like, we just spent, like, $50 on the phone.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> we need to cut back.
1: Yeah. Cause they only get 20 minutes and it's $2 and 20 cents for the full 20 minutes. So, and even though the, the recording says at no cost to you, who do you think is paying for those phone calls? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we were talking for probably five times a day, I would say for the full 20 minutes. And then once COVID hit, it's been like, so scaled down dramatically I'm lucky to talk to him one time a day right and you are the exact same way
0: when you went
1: before COVID were you talking like you know how long were you guys talking every day
0: yeah a I mean it kind of depended on my work schedule and we definitely like cut down a lot compared to what we used to do I mean when I had a like when i worked at the hospital and um it was like i knew what time i was going on lunch so i could email him and be like having lunch from this time to this time try to call me
1: that was the format of our podcast too and correct me if i'm wrong like we're gonna be sharing stories from other people that have loved ones that are incarcerated we're gonna be sharing stories of people that were incarcerated we might have some guests here and there to kind of just join us and tell their side of things because just because you love someone or know somebody that's incarcerated does not mean that it's the same across the board. They're not all treated the same way. They don't all have the same privileges or the same restrictions. So it'll be cool to get some different views in there. We'll also answer like some questions that just come in. So I'll start because I got a really good one and it's kind of yeah. heavy hitting and I'll read it to that's you. The way. I'm ready. But um so the one that like I said, we get all the time is like, How'd you guys meet? And like, what's he in for? You know? So we kinda yeah. We covered part of that. Um, the one we'll talk about
0: their crimes at a later date. Um, I think it's very important to for listeners to get to know us and get to know our story and through us get to know who our boyfriends are to us mm-hmm. and how they're not their crime.
1: You know he's a big softie, right? So oh, hey, yeah, both of
0: that. us. Absolutely. <laughs> they
1: both are. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, I think, yeah, I think we'll each probably end up doing, like, a whole episode on, like, the Jake story or the Ben story. we yeah. go more into details about that at some later time, for sure. And I,
0: I would like to say, too, that you didn't do any hein- heinous, heinous, heinous?
1: Heinous. You
0: not yeah. do any heinous crimes. Nothing that involves, um, you know, murder, rape, sex offending, anything like that. Um, very a basic crime
1: i would say, I would say like it's pretty pretty basic you know one of basic. the like middle of the yeah. road crime i don't know is that a thing that's not to We're say, just, say that. i mean
0: maryland, maryland monroe crime <laughs> i was like maryland monroe crime what's up are we getting into conspiracy theories are we turning this podcast into conspiracy theories like <laughs> <laughs> middle monroe. of the road <laughs> oh middle of the road yes so funny yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, I was saying- time on my Snapchat, of just like sending anonymous questions that you want to know or you'd want to ask somebody who has a loved one incarcerated. And this one just like got me. It says, What is the hardest goodbye you ever had to do?
0: For me, when I go visit him, because I come all the way from Colorado to visit him, um that last day when I know I'm going to go home, that's definitely the hardest because it's like, I. Mm-hmm don't know for sure when I'm gonna see you again and you know stuff like this like with the with COVID going on it's like I saw him when did I go back in I think February like right before and it's like man if I would have known like I would have just squeezed you like harder you know like I don't know I would have just like soaked it up harder and I think that's like the hardest part is when I go visit and it's it's so hard for me to leave and you know I'm just like walking out the door like looking at him and walking backwards like until I can't see him anymore and I mean that I would say that's probably like the hardest every time you know
1: tell that, how about tell for me,
0: you since
1: tell that story about how you like won't hang up the phone
0: oh yes so when me and Ben talk on the phone and then the 20 minutes pop up, which you'll hear, we call her Brenda. She's the automated voice that um, so you heard at the beginning. And so when Brenda pops up, you know, we have a minute to wrap up our conversation, say goodbye. I always make him hang up first because I told him that it's not fair that I physically have to leave you when I come visit. The, the most you can do or the least you could do, I should say, is like, hang up on the phone like little things like that that like help our relationship too because now he knows like we have a rhythm to where if i were to hang up be like okay love you bye click he would be like hmm You, you don't usually hang up you know so i haven't had the opportunity to visit him because by the time you got on your list COVID hit or his list COVID hit so you know what's what's been the hardest goodbye for you yeah I feel
1: like I mean like I said you had late nights before for phone calls where they got to be out mm-hmm. and about like however late they wanted they didn't have a bedtime that's why I tell Jake he always has a bedtime um and yeah it's 10 o'clock so we'll usually talk for like a whole hour before 10 o'clock and then like mm-hmm. we're always like rushing at 10 we're like okay bye I love you you know just like getting into it like okay bye this is like can't hang up but yeah like, this is like I hate like if we were to get into an argument or something like that, and then we're trying to work on like recovery from it and we finally get to like a really good place. And then it's 10 o'clock and I have to say goodbye when it's like, I just want to relish in this moment of good instead yes. of like, remembering the phone call as being kind of more like, not I don't want to say, we've never really like fought luckily, um, but just not a place of like, you know, I don't know how to explain it. Just a good place. Like, I just want to make sure that we leave in a good place. So it's hard when we get to that good spot and then have to say goodbye. That's happened like one or two times that I remember. And it just freaking broke my heart because it really set in like, I can't call him back. He can't call me back. I can't talk about this anymore. That's the hardest part for me, for sure. Yeah.
0: Obviously, everyone is is incarcerated for different reasons. Do you ever have fears about the people your loved one is incarcerated with?
1: That is I know. A good Isn't question. that a great question? Oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah. I and you and I have talked about this before too. Uh, you have better experience because you've actually got to meet some of them. I just get to hear the stories of like what Jake tells me about them, or if he says their name, sometimes I will go and Google them because I'm nosy yeah. um, and I have to know. I it, it it's actually I do I do have fears about some of the people that he's in there with because. I worry that they might be bad influences, you know, and that would be true even if he wasn't incarcerated. But I think that it kind of steps it up a level just because of the circumstances that he's in. Mm -hmm. Um, There are people that he considers his best friends that when he tells me like what their crime was, my mouth just like drops, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not worried, like I'm not scared of them. Like I'm not... You know, I'm not living in fear of like, oh my God, I'm scared this person's going to come to my house or something like that. Right. I just get nervous that, you know, maybe the company that he keeps might be bringing him down instead of like, building him up. Or
0: like bad influences m- rather than like, like fear for your life type people.
1: Yeah. percent. Right? Yeah. hundred percent. And luckily too, like Ben and Jake are roommates. So I know the company yeah. that he keeps in regards to that. But you yeah. know a lot more of the people than I do. So maybe you have a different opinion.
0: It it did scare me at first, especially when I, the first time that I visited him, I'm like, what kind of people am I going to see in the visiting room? You know, like you see that kind of stuff on TV and you're like, this is going to be crazy, fearful, you know, whatever. Um, but I remember and I still do this. I sit in the visiting room and I look around and I'm like, these people look like they don't belong here. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll even ask been sometimes, I'm like, that guy over there, why? What, what, what did he do? Do you know what he did? Like, he looks like he hacked some freaking computer, bank computer or something because they just, they don't look like they fit the crime or like that they belong in there. And, but, yeah, there's some Guys in there that I've met that I like personality wise, I think they're really cool. They're always super respectful of me when I come in. Like, they'll just be like, Hey, sis, what's up? You know, like, good to see you. You go in there, you get to know, like, in the visiting room, you get to know these guys. You most of the time, you don't know their crimes, and you establish like a relationship with them, a rapport with them, where they might, you know, be the camera guy that takes your picture for visits every time you're in there and you joke around with them and then you've known them for two years and then you figure out their crime and you're just like, okay, like you were, that was 12 years ago, you're a completely different person. I can't imagine you doing that because I see how you interact with the staff and kids and other people in the visiting room that it's like you grow from you know your mistakes and so you know like I just said too it's just like you're not I'm not fearful for you know knock on Ben's life Mm -hmm. I'm more fearful of more so like the prison culture I would say so
1: for sure and I think that it goes to say too that like we have I mean, we have the utmost faith in who Jake and Ben are as people, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we know that, like, they're not going to jeopardize all the hard work that they've put in, like, all of the rehabilitation that they've done, just, like, the character work over the past how long, because Jake's been incarcerated for 10 years, Ben's been incarcerated for 13 years. Um, They're not about to jeopardize that. So it's, like, Mm -hmm. it's good to know that we have one minute remaining. Yeah, we know, Brenda. Thanks Brenda. We're going. Where are We're, We're going. Out? Okay if you want to follow us on any of our social media um, it's at to accept this call on Instagram to accept this call at gmail.com and just accept this call on Twitter and yes. that's it for the first episode. Yeah. so if you do got questions or
0: anybody wants to share their stories with us um, submit them to our email account and We'll answer as many as we can. Your stories are very important um, to learn and grow and know what it's like to, you know, have a loved one incarcerated. And whether that's your boyfriend, best friend, baby daddy, baby mama, husband, wife, dad, mom, sis, it like, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be romantic.
1: We're all in this together. We're all trying to navigate this crazy world, so Yep.
0: Especially during this crazy time.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Well, thanks, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode. love you. Bye. Bye.